Welcome everybody to Four Color Sequentials, Volume 3, Episode 2. I am Luis Quevedo. I am partaking this one solo today. In order to keep this show coming at you at a regular weekly schedule, uh, I'm going to undertake a few of these on my own. Uh, Dominic has a very busy schedule as is, uh, with practice, with teaching, with his wife, and... Some of these, you know, I can handle up on my own. Uh, we don't always have enough time to talk about everything we'd like. So a few of those uh, topics I'll handle. Uh, today, uh, we will be talking about reviewing, analyzing uh, the Telltale Games Batman, uh, The Enemy Within. Talking a little bit about Free Comic Book Day 2018 as well. So uh, glad you can join us. Uh, so, to start about Telltale's Batman, The Enemy Within, uh, I guess we can start with uh, Telltale Games itself. If you're not familiar with their model, with this company, uh, what they do is a very episodic, uh, conversation-led gameplay uh, style. Um, you may have seen a few of their projects. Their most popular probably being the Walking Dead series that they've done. That initial Walking Dead game, uh, Season 1, had won various Game of the Year awards. If you've never played it, give it a chance. Um, it's not for everyone. I've spoken to my brother extensively about this. For him, it's just not enough action uh, there is some moving around in the game. You do get to interact with the environments. But most of what you're going to be doing is uh, conversing with other characters, making choices along in the gameplay. Very classic point-and-click style games, if you've ever done that before. Uh, their catalog of games is uh, quite good. Uh, among my favorites... Certainly, The Walking Dead. Their Game of Thrones was excellent. Uh, few are quite as good as that initial, or first season, rather, of uh, Fables. Uh, if you're not familiar with Fables, the comic book series from DC, uh, their Vert Vertigo line, uh, it is very, very, very good. Um, it comes with both my and Dominic's recommendation. It's a very detective, uh, noir-style story. Uh, a lot of these games are a little bit on the adult side, so they may not be for, you know, ages 13 or under. But they come highly recommended. Uh, I never played the Borderlands games before. Decided to pick up Tales from the Borderlands, and that ended up probably being my favorite game to date from Telltale Games. Uh, can't recommend them enough. So this version of Batman, uh, if you don't know, we love Batman here, both Dominic and I. Uh, we've just been enamored with the character for many, many years. Uh, this particular version presented in the Telltale Games, I like to refer to as Ultimate Batman. Uh, Ultimate Marvel Comics, uh, if you're not familiar, was an imprint uh, or just a set of comics that Marvel Comics was producing. And what they did was boil down the characters that have been around for a long time, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, X-Men, the Avengers, or the Ultimates, as they were known in this line, 
and present them to you with a very modern take and also you didn't have to worry about 40, 50, 60 years of continuity. Uh, these are all characters that were starting out fresh. You were able to pick up the line uh, at any point and really follow through without having to catch up with 500 plus issues and that's not even including separate series or tie-ins. And it was really effective. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis made his great break on Ultimate Spider-Man there. And, but, hey, we're not here to talk about Marvel. So why, does, why is this Ultimate Batman? Uh, the character is presented without much continuity at all. You have the obvious origin the one that everybody knows for Batman, which is kid goes down an alley with his parents, rich kid, and they are both shot in front of him. The trauma... So that part of it is obviously there. You can't really present the character without it. What makes this ultimate Batman is that there is no continuity. A lot of the characters are being uh, met for the first time. A lot of what you would expect of the characters is not entirely true because they haven't interacted before, they haven't met each other before, the origins may be slightly different, and what's really cool is you get to shape that. Uh, it's a very fresh, modern take, thus the ultimate moniker. Uh, to catch you up on season one, Sorry, don't mean to spoil it for you, but this is a spoiler-heavy show. Uh, season 1 presented us the story of Batman uh, showing up in Gotham City, operating and uh, coming into contact with Gordon for the first time, uh, coming into contact with some of the more colorful characters for the first time. Uh, he has to, um, in essence take back his company uh, from certain characters, uh, namely the Penguin. Uh, again, there's a ultimate take where Penguin and, or rather, Oswald Cobblepot and Bruce Wayne were childhood friends. The families knew each other. And the more villainous aspects that you would expect in the Penguin are present, but not in the way you imagine. Uh, but yeah, the Bruce Wayne has to take back his company. Batman has to establish his presence in Gotham, not only as protector, but detective, and also, depending on how your gameplay goes, uh, brutal vigilante. Or you can just be somebody that's very uh, cooperative with police forces. At the end of the game, uh, you discover... Uh, I don't want to give all the details away, but this is kind of the big discovery that is made as you progress. The idea that Thomas Wayne, Bruce Wayne's father, was uh, not a very good man is presented pretty early on in the season. Uh, these are five episodes, I believe, either at the beginning in season in episode one or episode two. This is uh, presented to Bruce Wayne as a possibility that his father was not the man that he thought he was. And naturally, you may want to defend that. Unfortunately, evidence comes to light that Thomas Wayne really was uh, a shady individual. 
he had dealings with the underworld of Gotham. Yes, he was a doctor, uh, but even that profession was used for uh, ill-gotten gains. There is the possibility that a lot of the Wayne wealth was acquired uh, this way through illegal means or by taking advantage of uh, other individuals. And it ties the Waynes to Arkham in a really cool way since Thomas Wayne was a, a doctor, a physician. Uh, it puts him in that in the asylum as a uh, someone who worked there, someone who operated there, actually someone who maybe even helped set it up uh, and as a way of getting rid of enemies, really, for uh, the mafia or the underworld. Uh, it's kind of earth-shattering. Uh, it's a bit of a bitter pill to swallow for longtime Batman fans because it takes that away from Bruce, and he questions who he is. Martha is still the loving, strong mother that she's always been, so at least there's that pillar to hold on to for Bruce slash Batman. But that's where the game kind of ends. Uh, we pick up uh, Season 2 <coughs> with the presentation of a lot of new characters. Uh, but the gist of Season 2 so far has been the battle for the soul of a man. Um, I don't want to spoil exactly who it is. Uh, in fact, if you played Season 1, you know exactly who. But the relationship there between Bruce and this other person uh, is really quite fascinating. The fact that you get to play it, the fact that you get to mold it, the fact that you get to direct it with your uh, choices and words to this other individual is great. Um, there's the mystery also presented about the agency in Season 2. Um, Here's a little bit of kind of real-world drama put into this situation, which is uh, the GCPD, Gotham City Police Force, uh, has to uh, try to take their city or take head of investigations and law enforcement in the city from the agency, the agency being the feds showing up. And to uh, make matters more complicated, the agency is headed up by Amanda Waller. Uh, if you don't know who Amanda Waller is, she is a hard-ass. She's one of the best characters DC has ever produced. And if you watch the Suicide Squad movie, which came out somewhat recently, you would be more familiar with her. Uh, it is quite excellent so far. The presentation, I'm only up to episode two, uh, but I am thoroughly enjoying it. The challenges are trying to mold these relationships uh, and it's been really cool to get to see the bad guys or you know Batman's rogues gallery in essence team up you don't really see that happen not even in the comics terribly often they usually come at Batman individually and there's some really interesting team ups and kind of a smart way to do things that in itself is a mystery. Why are they all working together? Um, there is some sort of tie back into the agency. And you can put two and two together. And since Amanda Waller is involved, maybe the Suicide Squad comes in in some way. Uh, I haven't gotten that far. 
So I'm just uh, kind of projecting at this point. What else can I say about this game? Let's talk about the characters. Uh, one of the highlights is these updated takes. Uh, the Riddler makes an appearance uh, in Season 2. Uh, in fact, he's quite prominent. And what's kind of cool about him versus all the other villains is that he's a bit of a legacy criminal. He's been operating in Gotham perhaps longest out of everybody else. Uh, very much uh, involved with the mafioso-style uh, underworld of Gotham in the early days before Batman started operating. And he kind of shows up in the city once again uh, with the motif of the Riddler uh, fully evolved. And his methods are well known by the GCPD, but the extra threat is presented that this guy has a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience within the swing. Uh, it's it's that kind of fresh take that is really valued that you can't do nowadays in the comics because you would have to reset everything. Although that's not too difficult for DC with their uh, penchant for going into crises, you would know. Uh, the Penguin uh, is presented very much as a revolutionary in uh, Season 1. He is a man of the people. Um, obviously, there may be some ulterior motives going, but this gives him a new energy. It's not so much I'm trying to lead the underworld or the criminal element, but I'm actually trying to give back to the 1% in a sense. It's almost outdated, but presented in such a compelling way that uh, he is quite tragic, and you don't really root for him, but you understand his motivations. And this is possibly the best version of the Penguin that I've seen, uh, other than uh, Jason Aaron has an excellent story he wrote, a single issue for the Penguin. A few other people have very good takes. Uh, Danny DeVito, of course, but that was just a very unique, off-the-wall kind of thing he did. As far as I'm concerned... These games present you with the best version of Selena Kyle, a.k.a. Catwoman. Uh, she is very unapologetic about her actions. Uh, there is no really uh, question about her morality. Sure, she may present some um, goodness to her, but most of that comes from the interactions that you have with her as Bruce Wayne or the other characters, and how she reacts to that, what connections she makes. But at the end of the day, this is very much a Catwoman who is in it for herself. Very independent, and not to spoil things, but you really have no control over what she does or where she goes. Ultimately, she's, sure, she's her own woman in this. And, you know, I, I'm a big proponent of Amanda Waller, uh, lover or hater, she's always interesting. And what's really cool about this so far is that I don't know if I can trust her. Uh, it's Amanda Waller, so you probably can't, but you really want to hope that she has the best intentions in mind, which she has in most versions of uh, the character that you've seen, whether that be on the Justice League cartoon or the comics. She does have the best intentions in mind, but the way she goes about it can be questionable. 
and so far she's an enigma in the game. You really don't know just how far you can trust her or when she will turn on you. Uh, what's really um, effective about these games that perhaps no other game does is that it gives you a compelling view of Bruce Wayne. Uh, now, it's always been said, Bruce Wayne is the mask, Batman is the real person. And while I don't disagree with that, this game gives a lot of strength to both personas. And the best testament that I can give to the strength of that is that Bruce Wayne is perhaps the more compelling character to play as. Uh, often you're presented with the choice to either go about things in a more brutal fashion or more intimidating fashion as Batman or to try to be more diplomatic as Bruce Wayne. And there's uh, there's some really uh, interesting interactions that go on as Bruce Wayne. Uh, you have to be very careful about your word choice and how many hints you give off to other people. Obviously, you won't don't want to direct them into the idea that you know, you're the billionaire that is uh, taking up the cape at nights. Or that you're not as shady as you appear to be. Bruce, unfortunately, has a very public uh, history in this game, uh, in this universe, where now everybody knows that Thomas Wayne was not a good man, that he was somebody very well involved in crime. And everybody is questioning whether Bruce will go down that path. And it is very difficult to um, go about getting information or getting your way without appearing to be taking up uh, the family business, in a sense. So that's been very fun to play. The graphics, for all real, really, Telltale games, are of a kind of cell-shaded nature, uh, what's uh, neat is to sometimes see the characters have the faint look of penciled uh, bits to them, and, and it, it lends that more comic book style art to it. But the graphics work excellently for these games. The color palettes are always on point. And voice acting, Batman and Bruce can be kind of a difficult role uh, to nail down. They do an excellent job with him here. Uh, pretty much the whole cast really works quite well. I can't really point to anybody being miscast. But ultimately, what makes this game great is the relational interactions and how you get an opportunity to lead them. Uh, you may find yourself, maybe I'm, the, maybe I'm the odd man out when it comes to this, but you may find yourself really emotionally invested to uh, your character's uh, your relationships with others, maybe even towards the people you don't really like as much in the game. By having that opportunity of choice, you get really involved. And I can point back to Season 1 and the relationship between Bruce Wayne and Harvey Dent uh, being quite powerful and trying to be helpful but also assertive uh, as Bruce Wayne towards your friend if you know the story of Harvey Dent, you know how tragic that can go. And uh, and it's... it's. I'll just leave it at I cried playing that game the first time around. Uh, overall, this is one of the best and most underlooked, undervalued Batman games. 
Everybody will point to Arkham City, Arkham Knight, <clears throat> Arkham Asylum to a lesser degree uh, as the quintessential Batman games. I love all those, but there's something that's provided in these Batman games, in the Telltale games, that you just don't get from those others, and they're really worth your time. Free Comic Book Day 2018 just came by. <clears throat> we were uh, guests to our local comic book shop, Coliseum of Comics, and we're thankful for their provision of these comics. They still come at a cost to the shop. They do buy these comics at a lesser value from the retailers to provide for the event. The interest is to get people into the stores. Uh, but if you ever participate in Free Comic Book Day, consider becoming a subscriber or picking up some stuff while you're there. You'll, you're actually really helping out the shop considerably. With that said, let's go into some of the offerings. Uh, with this uh, event, we were given the option of up to four books, so that limits things a little bit. A lot of these books are available for free online, and you can read those up. Uh, but I'm just going to highlight those particular four, actually five in a sense, in a moment. I'll explain why. Uh, the first one was uh, Marvel's Avengers. Uh, Jason Aaron and Ed McGuinness have taken over the book, relaunching a new number one. They are going really back to basics with the triumvirate of the Avengers, uh, that being Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, uh, as these legendary heroes that lead the team. Um, rounding out the characters are some of the more popular ones that have come up with uh, the MCU being Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Captain Marvel. Uh, She-Hulk is a great addition to the team. Um, this particular free comic book day story is kind of a primer uh, to what is going on in the main book. You are shown the connections between this team and uh, the year 1 billion BC Avengers. Uh, that sound, that's going to sound kind of odd unless you've read Marvel Legacy. The idea is that there were some individuals operating as a proto-Avengers back in 1 million BC. Odin would have taken the place of Thor. There would have been a Black Panther Agamotto would have taken the role of Doctor Strange, in a sense. Uh, there is an Iron Fist. Uh, so a lot of, like, old versions of these characters. And they committed uh, an action that is going to affect the team now. Uh, it is cool because you still have Odin around to kind of point the Avengers of now to what may be coming. And Jason Aaron has always proven himself to be just uh, one of the most versatile writers there is. He's taken on a lot of these characters solo, uh, including Thor, Doctor Strange, and uh, Black Panther. And he's always done a terrific job. Uh, the interplay is real well. Well, that, now I'm talking about Avengers number one. But it's uh, the art by Sarah Pacelli is excellent. She may be a better fit for Aaron's scripts, uh, but overall a really, really entertaining tale. Uh, they also presented a Spider-Man story, 
Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley. Uh, Nick Spencer is writer. Ryan Otley is artist taking over that title uh, with a new number one launching very soon. The free comic book day story, uh, if it's a sampler of what's to come, you can expect a <clears throat> more traditional take on Spider-Man, a more down on his luck Peter Parker trying to make ends meet in New York. Uh, a more interconnected uh, life story between Peter Parker and Spider-Man and just the hardships that come with trying to juggle both of those at the same time. Uh, he has uh, Robbie Robertson as a uh, roommate and the kind of big stinger at the end is that the villain Boomerang, whom I guess Spider-Man may or may not know his secret identity, uh, is also their roommate. Boomerang's not a very uh, A-list character, but uh, he's been around for a while. It's a fun take. Uh, it was enjoyable. The art looks really good. And it's just nothing terribly new. But if you're looking for something classic, it's a very good book. Uh, with that book was also included a primer or catch-up to the uh, Infinity event going on in Marvel. Uh, so that was kind of nice to catch up. I probably won't be picking it up. The cosmic stuff, the space tales aren't as fun for me, but it was enjoyable. The uh, book offered by Dark Horse was a combination book presenting both a story from Overwatch, the game Overwatch, and Black Hammer. Uh, Overwatch, extremely popular. And they have a set of comics that I guess have been distributed online. They are doing a collection of these in print. Uh, the short story presented, um, I kind of just skimmed over. I'm not terribly familiar with the characters or the story. And I just don't find it that interesting. So I kind of skipped over. The reason I picked up this book was because of the uh, Black Hammer story presented. Black Hammer being Jeff Lemire's uh, masterpiece, in a sense. Uh, this is a book that takes familiar tropes, familiar characters, uh, Golden Age, Silver Age stuff, and presents it as uh, a bit morphed, a little trippy, and, and it's been extremely enjoyable. We're looking forward to bringing a, uh, an analysis on those books in the future. And this presents Jeff's take on the Legion of Superheroes from DC. You know, the influence is obvious. The characters are mirrored and distorted in a way, uh, which is neat because you're kind of looking to make the connection with who he is uh, trying to emulate. But this is uh, an interesting take. Uh, it, was, it was quite good as well. And... Finally, Power Rangers uh, Shattered uh, Grid, I believe. Sorry, I don't have the book in front of me. Uh, this coming from Boom Studios. Uh, if you don't know, Boom relaunched the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the original uh, series, as a comic book. And uh, it's been doing quite well. The stories that have been presented uh, look very interesting. One of the more... Uh, interesting elements they've added is this character Dracon, which is an alternate alternate universe uh, Tommy. 
Tommy being the Green Ranger, and what if he would have gone just full villain? And this is a Tommy that uh, ends up killing Rita Repulsa and decides to take over the multiverse of the Power Rangers world. What's really well done about this book is that it presents to you all the history that has gone on so far, not within just the show, but within the comics, boils it down, presents it to you if you've never picked up this book. You're almost fully caught up at this point, and uh, it really whets your appetite to uh, pick up the series. Uh, I probably would pick this as the uh, best book that was uh, offered at Free Comic Book Day. Now, I only read the four, so you'll have to excuse me. There was probably something better, but eh, that's just my opinion. DC did offer a few books. Unlike Marvel, uh, they did not make a big event book like they have in the past. Uh, but that's only because they presented it as a regular uh, Wednesday, Wednesday being the new comic book day, uh, release. It's called DC Nation Number Zero. It's a 25-cent book that offers you three different stories uh big stories or primers for some of the bigger events that will be going on. Uh, it was smart in essence uh, to do this because it sets it apart on its own and it's a really good deal for 25 cents. If you haven't been reading Tom King's Batman, uh, this presents the uh, story of what is the Joker's mindset about Batman and Catwoman getting married. Uh, if you don't know that, Batman and Catwoman are engaged in the comic books. That's a big event that's coming up. And obviously the Joker, being his relationship with Batman, has some opinions about that. This is a really funny, dark tale told by Tom King and um, Clay Mann. Uh, the art is terrific. The story is really really well done really tense for uh, a short story uh, the highlight of the book for sure the other two stories that are presented one is a superman uh, primer for uh, brian michael bendis taking over the book brian michael bendis has uh, been a staple of marvel for years and years he's jumping ship to dc comics and bringing his expertise as a writer to superman it is um, a delight because you get to see the art of Jose Luis Garcia Lopez. Uh, the guy is um, just a master of his craft and one of the best pencilers uh, in the industry, a legend uh, up there with George Perez. It is pretty much what you'd expect of a Superman story, uh, but it's really well done so you can appreciate it. Brian Michael Bendis is an expert at dialogue, so he gets to bring that flavor of his to DC Comics. If you haven't read Superman in a while and want a really good take on the character, this may be one worth seeking. The final and th third and final story presented in the DC Nation special uh, is from uh, Scott Snyder, and um, I'm banking on the... Uh, artist here. I believe it's Jorge Jimenez, but this is a direct sequel in a sense to DC's last big event, which was da Dark Knight's Metal. Uh, Scott Snyder is 
going to go down in line as more than likely my favorite Batman writer of all time. He has the perfect handle on the character. He brings a really good sense of humanity to the character. And his stories always have something to say, something to add. Uh, Dark Knight's Metal, while it was a fun story, it was a really bonkers story. Uh, unfortunately, kind of left me with a bit of a sour taste in my mouth because it's not what I expect from Snyder. And it's not that he didn't do well, uh, but I prefer him playing in the Batman sandbox rather than the whole of the DC universe. Well, he's taking on the Justice League. He will actually be taking on the monthly title as a writer uh, and a storyline launching from this free comic book day story, <laughs> sorry, that might sound confusing, called No Justice uh, from him and Francis Manipool is going to be the introduction to that run. Uh, it's fun. Uh, he gets to mix up some characters that you don't normally see, more of the ambiguously villainous characters with you know, the, 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 the DC heroes that you're used to. Batman and Superman with Lex Luthor and Lobo and Brainiac. And I will not pass judgment on the whole story yet because I haven't read it, but the Free Comic Book Day uh, story presents you with this idea that uh, huge beings are coming. The gates have been opened, in a sense, uh, for new threats to the DC Universe. My only issue with this is that both Avengers and Justice League are, in essence, providing the same story or telling the same story. And so far, i got to edge it out to Marvel uh, for presenting a better version of it. Uh, we'll see who wins in the long run. Those are your free comic book day uh, issues for this year. Uh, if you haven't had the chance to participate in the date, uh, you can go to freecomicbookday.com and they will have the dates for 2019. Well, hope I wasn't too grating being solo today. Uh, but if you want to reach us, uh, social media, we've got our Twitter accounts, both at 4CSPod, the number 4CSPod. Uh, you can reach me at 4CSLUIS, 4CSLUIS. We're also on Facebook.com slash 4CSPod. We'd appreciate a subscription on iTunes, a review. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what you think, what you'd like to have added, maybe something you'd like us to tackle. Uh, but from myself, Luis Quevedo, this is Four Color Sequentials. <laughs>